Hallelujah, the presence of the Lord is in this place. I'm going to, just before we get started, I just want everyone to close your eyes really fast. Um, it's super, um, I'm going to be plugging VSR this whole time. I am the full-time VSR teacher, so if I just keep doing plugs, just bear with me because that's my life in a nutshell because I love it. It's my baby. But one of the biggest things in Christianity that you learn is you find out what is inside of you. And one of the beautiful things is when you learn who you are and when you learn what God has put on the inside of you, you learn how to just put pressure on it. So I'm going to tell you one of the things that I operate in is I bring glory where I go. It has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with the presence of the Lord and the gift that's in my life. And so I just want each and every one of you right now just to lift your hands to heaven. Father wants to touch you. I mean, if you don't know how to expect, if you don't know how to ask, all you just say is more Jesus. Father, right now, as we just give you, we give you time. We give you space. We give you room to have your way. God, we know that your promise in the book of Joel was that the latter rain would be greater. And so, Lord, right now, we just say we receive your rain. We receive the outpouring of your presence in this house. God, it's nothing that you haven't promised us already. And so, God, we just want to say we receive it and thank you. So right now, God, we're just going to take 30 seconds and we just say, Lord, fill us. Just begin to whisper that to him right now. Just say, I want more of you, God. Fill us. There's an, there's an atmosphere of expectation in this room. And I'm telling you, it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with God wants to give himself to you in a new way this morning. So, God, we thank you for the ticket into more of you today. And we just cash that in. And, Lord, we thank you for everything that you have in store for us today. In the name of Jesus, God, I ask that you would anoint my mouth. Every word, God, that I speak, let it be a word that's anointed from your word, from your mouth to their ears. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. So uh, we have a couple. These are three of my beautiful VSR students. Dun, dun, dun. Another plug for VSR. If you want to do things in front of the church, <laughs> come to VSR. But... Um, <laughs> Just saying. Okay, so we have a couple of people that they have felt they've prayed for the past week about just words um, from the Lord to you guys. So, Suze, go for it. Okay. Um, I just trust the Holy Spirit's got this because it's very, very short. But Dave or Marguerite, um, he gave me the word peace. So I just, I believe he was saying, um, just feel the peace. He's got you covered. Amen. Jesus. Hallelujah. So stand, keep standing. I don't know why I just did that. <laughs> double my, double the presence, baby. Stand up. Everybody lift your hands or stretch your hands towards them. Lord, we do that right now. We just tap into heaven and all that you have. And we thank you, Jesus, for the peace that scripture talks about. It says that Jesus is our prince of peace. So, Lord, we know sometimes you don't need to say what it is because they know exactly what the situation is. And so we speak to that mountain and we command you to be moved in the name of Jesus. And we thank you for peace, God, shalom. We just prophesy that, the, the promise of nothing missing, nothing broken, only completeness and wholeness in every area of life so that the world would look at you and see the presence of the Lord all over you in everything that you do and everything that you put your hands to. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. Woo! God right. loves to talk to people. <laughs> I so love this it. word is for Jeremy. You can stand, Jeremy. Woo-woo. Um, so this is a fun one to you. I was very happy to get this. So the picture I got was one of Iron Man. <laughs> and uh, it was really cool because the scene that I saw was when the, um, all the armor is like bonding to him and like tightening up. 
when I asked the Lord what that was, he said that um, it's a couple different things. Uh, one is to expect an increase and an enhancement of the natural gifts that are on your life. So just like in the Iron Man suit, like yeah. he, you know, enhances his strength, his speed, all that stuff. So expect that to, to start to increase and enhance in your life beyond uh, what you're already seeing. But he also reminded me that, you know, Iron Man also stuff like missiles and the little pulsar laser thing, which are obviously not natural. So expect to see some supernatural stuff to flow through your life. In fact, it probably already has because um, as the armor was tightening, it showed me that the armor was already there and it's just tightening to become the full suit. And also he told me that um, just like when people are in a crisis and, the, and the, a superhero shows up, everyone feels better because they know someone's there. He says that you carry that peace on your life, that wherever you are, if there's chaos, you show up. The situation has to recognize the peace that's within you and has to bow down to the peace of God that's in your life. And then my favorite thing, though, was he reminded this me. This is why you come to VSR. <laughs> He reminded me that the Iron Man suit is um, powered by, um, like, the arc reactor, and then it's tied into Tony Stark's heart. And so the, the power of this entire thing, the beautiful thing, is it's God's supernatural power pairing with your biology, which allows this armor to manifest and for you to do everything you do. So the more and more you push into him, the more and more that he is going to combine his arc reactor with your biology to power the so suit up good. even more. And also the arc reactor is unlimited power. So it reminded me that this, there's no limit to this. You can push this as far as you possibly want. Yay, Jesus. So lift, extend your hands to Jeremy right now. We just say more of everything that you're doing, God. We bless the gifts. We bless, God, this beautiful invitation into supernatural realities. So we prophesy that to your spirit, Jeremy, right now, just to, just to feel free to just go and just to take God for everything that he has for you in this next season. God, we as a congregation and as a family, we push him out. Father, into everything that you're calling him into in this season. We bless you, Jeremy. We bless you to, to just flourish in this new gifting, in this new atmosphere, in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Woo. Okay. I need you as my sound effects, man. <laughs> um, inside VSR joke, uh, JK. Okay, go ahead, Gina. <laughs> So please forgive me. I do not know your name, but you are Paola's mother. Um, Eliana. I hope so. Eliana. Yes. <laughs> You're good. Okay. Um, Eliana. I have a few things for you that I saw. At first, I don't know if this number means anything to you, but I saw 1971. And I was like, I don't know if it's for you, but I heard that number. And then after hearing 1971, I saw you fully submerged in like a beautiful ocean with a bunch of fish around you. And as you were swimming in the ocean, all I kept hearing is that you are fully submerged in God's liquid love. That like that is just you there, and you're just swimming, and he wants you to continue swimming, just like little Nemo and Dora. Keep swimming Dora. because <laughs> e. you are so close. You are so close to exactly what you are waiting for, and God wants you to know that it's going to happen for you, and he has your heart in his hand, and you are covered. So whatever you are going through, he is protecting your heart and know that you are a faithful woman of God and he is going to give you exactly what your heart wants. Yay, so Jesus. I bless you with that. So I'll have you stand, Elian. And let's just extend your hands to her in the name of Jesus right now, God. We bless. 
Lord, the peace and the comfort of your Holy Spirit right now in everything that you have in store. God, just a heart that says an assurance, Lord, to knowing that you have her in the palm of your hands and you're fighting for her and you're going before her and prospering her way and you're making the way straight in the name of Jesus. We thank you for what you're doing in Jesus' name. We pray, amen. Okay, Pastor Alex. Oh, here. They're so good. They're going to make me look bad. <laughs> so I'm seeing this word that says, yeah. no, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, Henry, I got two words, actually. Henry, could you stand up? Okay, fast. I have going, 25 sorry. minutes left and uh, four pages of notes. Nicole, could you stand up? Thank you. Yeah. Um, Henry, when I was looking at you in worship, um, the Lord, I knew the Lord drew me to you. I'm going to go as quick as I can. He drew me to you, and when I asked the Lord what he was doing, the picture that I saw was your angel, and he was standing beside you. Um, and he was like an air traffic controller, and he was like, you know how they always, you see them on planes and they do the thing. And when I asked the Lord what it meant, what I felt like the Lord said was that, um, I don't know the situation of how you came back, because we know that you're away, and we're so thankful that you're here. Um, but I don't know what's going on, but I felt like the Lord just wants you to know that he was the one who drew you back here. Um, and so I don't know if you felt like, you know, obviously your family's there, and so you feel like, I want to be there, or whatever. But I felt like the Lord just wants you to know that he was the one who drew you back here. And when I asked him what it was for, it was um, that he wanted you to know that there was, there's a journey that you began here that you haven't finished yet. Um, and that there's, um, there's great things that God wants to do um, in your life. Um, and he needed you to be here and not back in Colombia. So uh, we're going to pray for you in one second. Nicole, um, when I, sorry, I'm, I know, I'm trying to go so fast. Um, Nicole, when I, I asked the Lord what he was doing because he highlighted you to me as well, and I saw your angel, and he was standing beside you, and, and uh, she was wearing a party hat, and she had one of those things, and she was blowing. You know those things? And I was like, I don't know if today's your birthday, but if it is, happy birthday. No. I'm <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> it wasn't a birthday thing. False prophet. Yeah, I'm no. <laughs> when I asked the Lord what he was doing, he said that there's a celebration in heaven um, because this is the, it's the first day for you of stepping into your promise. Um, and I felt like what the Lord wants you to know that uh, what, what he wants you to do is as you begin to look forward, to begin to expect that what is coming in front of you is going to be so much better than what's behind Yay. you. Uh, that there have been things that, and, and your, your faithfulness to the Lord has fought battles for you that maybe you didn't even know were going on or maybe you've been feeling like you've been fighting. Um, but what the Lord wants you to know is that what your faithfulness has done is it's opened a door for you to begin to step into uh, this new season of blessing and promise uh, in, the, like, in the coming days with the Lord. Amen? Okay, Yay. so stretch your hands Double on the side. Extend. We've, Henry, stretch arms Lord, we just bless Henry. We bless Nicole. We thank you for Woo. what you're doing in their life. And we declare, Lord, that these words will come to pass in everything that you want to do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. So for those of you that didn't get prophetic words, what do you say? Hashtag, I'm next. Yes. Putting a demand on heaven. Okay, so the Lord believes in supernatural um, time stretching in the name of Jesus. So we're just going to get through four pages of notes in 23 minutes. So put your listening ears on. Okay, um, first and foremost, it's such an opportunity and an honor for me to have this pulpit. So mom and dad, I love you. You guys are amazing. Don't we have an awesome mom and dad? I mean, can't say it enough. They are amazing. They are the best people. I have the privilege of still living with them. Hallelujah. <laughs> 
28, living at home, guys. No. <laughs> and it's so fun. I laugh and say that I feel like Robert on Everybody Loves Raymond. Or Raymond. <laughs> everybody Loves Raymond, too, but Everybody Loves Raymond. Our late-night conversations are equally as funny and awkward. So, um, yeah, it's really fun being at home with them. So, anyways, we're just going to jump in uh, to what the Holy Spirit wants to do. Something, I'm going to kind of bebop all over the place, so if you have to buy the tape, do it, because there's going to be a lot of stuff that I'm going to talk about. But one of the things over this past season that I've just been going through with Holy Spirit is he's been identifying um, to me and showing me some things when it comes to, corporately speaking, as a church, where he wants to bring us. And um, starting out maybe um, six months ago, I was up at the altar, and um, my Aunt Joy prophesied over me, and she just basically said, to Holy Spirit, fun is a serious business. Or, yeah, fun is a serious business. And it's kind of had me on this, like, learning thing and, and the season of how many of you know we're, we're contending for more and we want glory to hit the house? And I know that one time I heard, I don't know where this is coming from, but we're just going to go with it. Um, one time listening to Bill Johnson, and he basically said one of, they had a, an encounter with the glory cloud actually made manifest into the natural realm. And basically, um, he said to the Lord, I don't know what to do with this. This is new. I don't understand. And, and basically, the Lord's response to Bill was, look at the children. What are the kids doing? And the, what would a kid do if, if there was smoke? They just started like, <laughs> dancing and having fun. And how many of you know when it comes to trying to contend for more, sometimes we get so serious. We're like, oh, I just want more of God, and oh, this is so tough, and oh, and God's like, just let your hair down and have fun. I mean, we're contending for more, and, and, and when we get to heaven, you know, Jesse DePlanis says, if it wasn't for sin, God would never have had a serious thought, other than trying to devise a plan not to hate us, but to win us back to him so that we could stop being serious. And how many of you know scripture, and we're like, whoa, we're rattling some religious cows right now, but, but the, welcome to Christianity. We can have fun. And I mean, sin is not fun. It's not fun. Living and being sick and, and going out and partying all, all weekend and then waking up and throwing up all the time. Like, sorry about it. I've never done it, but not fun, I'm sure. I've never been altered in my life. But just saying, so what we're doing and we're contending for in this house is for more. And we're going to have fun doing it. Because how many of you know God made us into a family and families have fun? So... We're going to start out this, this thing, this shindig, <sighs> fighting against the clock. Okay, 1 Corinthians, I'm going to blow scriptures at you guys, so just listen. 1 Corinthians 4.18, because we love the word, hallelujah. It says, God's way is not a matter of mere talk, it's an empowered life. So, Holy Spirit does really fun things. I love numbers, and so I was preparing uh, for service yesterday, not knowing what I was going to say, had a concept, but didn't really know what I was going to say. So I was like, Holy Spirit, what do you want to talk about? Like, this is really fun. And he was like, what's the day tomorrow? I'm like, oh, it's March the 12th. That's okay. He's like, okay. So I'm looking up significance of March the 12th. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> then I'm like, ugh. I'm like, is that you? Is that, I'm hungry. So then I'm continuing on this thing and find out that, which is really funny, 1971, I don't know if that means something to you, but Today is the 71st day of 2017. So I don't know if you were getting 71, but I don't know if 71 means something to you. But anyways, so we're going to talk about today is the 71st day 
which is a, which is a day in the year. It's a, it's a specific day, and this is what the day is. We're a quarter of the way through 2017. Quarter of the way through, I don't know why, I did this last year too. I did like our, our quarterly checkup. I'm like, Lord, is that like my anointing? <laughs> checkup from the neck up. So it's, I'm just gonna look down, because y'all distract me. <laughs> Darian, get away from me. <laughs> we have so much fun in VSR. If Jesus is calling you, or if he's not, come, because we have a heyday. Because he's fun! I'm redeeming the Jesus back to being fun again. <laughs> okay, so the 71st day, the biblical significance of 71 is, uh, it's, it's a moment of praise. 71 represents the Holy Spirit. 71 represents the spirit of wisdom, and it represents fullness. Okay, so I was listening to a teaching a little while back. And Chris Kane was talking about this, and he, he made this quote, and he said, there is a place in the heart of the Father where it looks like wisdom to sacrifice. You see, revelation is a ticket into more, and that this is the opportunity that we have right now, okay? Mark 8:34 says, anyone who attends to come to me has to let me lead. You're not in the driver's seat, I am. Don't run from suffering, embrace it. Follow me and I'll show you how. Self-sacrifice is the way, my way, to saving yourself, your true self. What good would it do to get everything you want and lose you, the real you? Sacrifice is the surrender of something prized or desirable for the sake of something considered as having a higher or more pressing claim. Okay, I'm just gonna, we're just gonna, I feel like when I minister, I just like to minister the word and let it do what it wants. Okay, Romans 9.20 says, and so the people of God actually embraced what God was doing as he straightened out their lives. And Israel, who seemed so interested in reading and talking about what God was doing, missed it. A lot of us just want to run. How many of we do this? We're talking about the glory. We're talking about God's doing such great things. I mean, our worship's off the chain. You got to come to this place. Like, it's awesome. But it just said, and Israel, who seemed so interested in just simply reading and talking about what God was doing, that they what? They missed it. How many of you were like, yes, I want to miss it. Pick me. No. no. Okay. How could they miss it? Because instead of trusting God, they took over. To Jesus... Fun is a serious business. How many of you know when you take over, what are you doing? Having more fun or getting more serious? What does it take? To, I didn't plan to teach on having fun. It was like sacrifice, burn. No, just kidding. <laughs> the title of my message is called Chasers of the Presence, which means having fun. He sits right in front of me in VSR and like literally distracts me the whole time, so I have the focus of a champ. Okay, it said, how could they miss it? Because instead of trusting God, they took over. They were absorbed in what they themselves were doing. They were so absorbed in their God projects that they didn't notice God right in front of them. Like a huge rock in the middle of the road. If you're looking for me, you'll find me on the way, not in the way. Okay, I'm going to tell you, and I'll, I'm just going to let you all in on a little bit of a secret. 
we are at a crossroads, revert back to where we were when I taught that message. When it comes to where we're getting in worship, us as a worship team, we cannot take you. It has nothing to do with the fact that Pastor Jess is not here. She is not bringing us into deeper realms of glory, although she is, and she's amazing. Love you. Revenue, just kidding. Um, this has everything to do with God desiring each and every one of us to get serious. It said, Jesus is not going to be in the way. He's on the way. What we're trying to create on the worship team is an atmosphere for us to begin to chase after presence. The presence of Jesus, yes, is going to fall, but I mean, there, what God is doing with Christians right now is it's going from this thing of being, you tell me what to do, I'll just follow you, this is fine and great, to being, what does it look like to be a partner? I am a part of the reason why. I'm taking Jesus. Jesus takes me by the hand. Actually, the most beautiful thing is read Song of Solomon chapter 8. You take Jesus by the hand, and you lead Jesus on. Like, get a load of that. How many, every, we're like, we're, we're chasing. But you know, you could know him and be like him so much that you actually show and you take Jesus somewhere. Like, we're getting this revelation of what it looks like to be a partner. Stop being so serious. Stop fighting against, I just want to do my own thing. I just want to pardon my French, but be like the world. <laughs> come on. There's so much more, and we want glory, but how many of you know it doesn't come if we're still fighting against the world? Where we look, okay, what does it look like to represent Jesus? Be absolutely 100% definitively offensive to the world, but somehow they want what you got. Okay, I did not plan on saying this at all. Jesus loves the little children. Okay, hallelujah, where am I going? Oh, Jesus, isn't he awesome? Sacrifice is not a scary thing. There's a place in the heart of the Father where it looks like wisdom to sacrifice. Do you know, I'll just be real, and I'll be frank. Hi, nice to meet you. <laughs> Hashtag DSR joke. <laughs> when you get to this place, and I'm not saying that I'm perfect by any means, and I have a lot to learn, and I'm going to keep learning, but I'm just going to laugh in 10 years when I look back at this teaching and, and laugh at how much I thought I knew, which I'm fine with because that's humility, but... There's a, there is a legitimate place in the heart of the Father where, you know what, he could ask me to give anything up right now. He could ask me to surrender, but you know when you know him, you know that he's not going to require or ask anything of you that's going to steal life from you. You, you, uh, you, give, you give him things because you're like, wait, 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 uh-uh, I want you. It's never been about anything else. You're the one. I mean, we sing the songs in worship, but when it becomes a reality is when he's like, hey, do you mind? Can I have your iPad? <laughs> and you're like, oh, I like it. How many of you know he's trying to get you a MacBook Pro and you're caught up on the iPad, but you don't see literally right around the corner. Jesus said that to me about this year. I'm like, Lord, when is my promise coming? I want to know. He's like, it's right around the corner. I'm like, wait, is it your corner or my corner? You have big shoulders. <laughs> and he said mine, hallelujah. 
Just saying. <laughs> Don't you love to laugh? This is not that I'm not funny. I'm silly. But he's so fun. He's so fun. And if you don't know him like that, I'll pray for you after and invite you into knowing him. Because he's so fun. He's so tender. And he comes so close. And he really, you know, he could slice you and dice you. And you're like, thank you. <laughs> Had it happen too many times. Romans 2.27 says, Don't you see it's not the cut of a knife that makes a Jew. You make a Jew by who you are. It's the mark of God on your heart, not the knife on your skin. Uh, Romans 10, 11 says, Scripture reassures us, no one who trusts God like this with all of their heart and all of their soul will ever regret it. There's a place in the heart of the Father where it looks like wisdom to sacrifice. Romans 2.9 says, if you go against the grain, you get splinters. <laughs> Regardless of which neighborhood you're from, what your parents taught you, what schools you attend. But if you embrace the way God does things, there are wonderful payoffs. Again, without regard to who you are or, or how you were brought up. God pays no attention to what others say or what others think about you. For he makes up his own mind. He's getting to us this understanding of the fact that it's a heart thing. Okay, so fullness. This is what we're talking about. In night, look at I'm chilling. I, I, I got this. Okay, fullness means, because this is what today represents. Okay, we're talking about the actual today. Today is the 71st day of 2017. God is doing something today. And we have, there's something that he wants to say to us. Okay. So fullness, the 71st day represents fullness. It means to be completely filled, containing all that can be held. Filled to, no, don't scream. Because that's not where I'm going. You're like, I want to be at my utmost capacity. No. Filled to the utmost capacity at your fullest state. You spoke too soon. You know how they like say that? Who wants it? And you didn't hear right. And you're like, woo. And they actually said something really bad. <laughs> that was one of those moments. Um, <laughs> containing all that can be held, filled, oh, this is what happens to me when I get in the fall, but I have too much fun. Filled to the utmost capacity and at the fullest state. Old wineskins through fermentation were stretched to the limit. And what would happen when they were stretched to the limit and completely full? They would burst. The art of fermentation is called is is a, like synonyms of this is agitation and excitement. If you listen, Pastor Tina always does this. If you want like a brief synopsis of what the teaching's about to be, listen to what she says pre-offering. You're like you're stealing my message. Thank you. I'm not going to use get you to show hands because that's not necessary. But how many of you started out 2017 and were feeling like we're chasing the presents? Woo! There's more. It's our year of great harvest. And then we got to March 1st, and you're like, wah wah. <laughs> it actually felt a lot more like stirring and agitation and frustration and God burning everything out of you that could possibly be burned out of you in two months. Can I get any sort of a witness, maybe with a wink? Wink at me if you're experiencing that. <laughs> Can't wink. So just give me a really dirty look on three. One, two, three. Just kidding. 
Okay. Because God is doing something new. Okay, Mark 2, 22, or we're going to jump, same, same story, but Luke 5, 33 to 39, talks about putting old, don't put old wine into new wineskins, blah, 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 blah. Sorry, that wasn't blah, 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 blah. The word is awesome. Yes. So, but, in, you know, sometimes in different gospels, it will say something that it doesn't say in the rest. So I love to study and I love to dig. So Luke's gospel says this one thing, and no one after drinking old wine wishes for the new for he says listen to this the old is good enough okay can i just tell you i love the thesaurus good enough in the thesaurus i'm comfortable here it's tolerable decent and unexceptional Yes, please, I'll take the decent. Sign me up. I mean, if you, come on, girls in this room, somebody comes up to you and like, oh, Lizzie, you look so decent right now. (laughs) 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 Reading between the lines or something, I don't like you. Not okay. But uh, why are we okay with the old wine is, is decent? But can I just, I like to just go, and like east wind happens to flow when I preach. How many of you know when we're worshiping and there's empty air and you're just sitting there waiting for Pastor Jess to do something, did you know that's you saying, or me saying, the old wine is good enough? Hunger looks like something. When Lizzie doesn't eat (laughs) for like an hour and a half and Pastor Tina decides to stay at the hospital a little bit longer than I wanted to and I'm hangry, (laughs) that looks like something. I start to get agitated. (laughs) She gets mad at me. Just feed me, really. Where was I in four minutes? Okay, so, but how many of you, Ephesians 5.18 says, stop getting drunk with wine wherein there is excess, but be being filled with the new wine. What is the new wine? Holy Spirit. What did 71 represent? Praise, the spirit of wisdom, fullness, and Holy Spirit. Today is a God opportunity to let go. The Lord, I, I asked the Lord, what do I do if I'm at max capacity, but I want more? And he said, reposition yourself. To reposition means to be put in a new position, to shift, to change the image as to appear to a wider audience. I thought that was wonderful because what is the Lord trying to do? Is he trying to make the worship in this house just about this house? Is he trying to prosper you just for you? Or is he trying to get you to get an understanding and a revelation of Holy Spirit and who you were made to be so that he can increase the audience of your life? It says to make an about face, to change gears, to disturb, or to stir. Can I tell you, 
the agitation that you've been feeling, stop binding the devil for it. That's why I'm here. You know, I'm the baby sister, and hashtag annoying is my middle name. I, they call, like, I'm an agitator. I like to, when, you know, Olivia's got a rude awakening coming to her. It was, she was three hours old, and I already started stealing her soother from her mouth. <laughs> I like to agitate. But do you know that my agitation comes out of love? Because I, I, I see something deeper, and I want to just, you know that's Holy Spirit? He's just shaking up the waters. He's stirring up the waters. Why? Because what you don't see is that thing that you're facing is making and keeping you small. And he's like, get bigger, come on, get bigger, come on, shake it out of you, come on, get bigger, get bigger, get bigger. And you're like, stop, just leave me alone. (laughs) But he wants, but we need to get, we need to change the image as to appeal to a wider audience. Hallelujah. So if I can, there's so many scriptures that I want to read right now because the word just sums it up so beautifully. But I'm just going to read Romans chapter 4. Bear with me, and then I'll give you the four Ps of getting new wineskin, and then we'll be done. Okay, so put your listening ears on because this is going to just be the mic drop. The scripture does it for me. (sighs) Hallelujah. You guys blessed. I'll tell you, part of my anointing is your spirit's getting an impartation. It's not even what I say. Holy Spirit's doing something in you, which is why you're excited and you're laughing because it really has nothing to do with what I'm saying. Okay, except for when you read the scriptures. Um, It's Romans chapter 4. It's out of the message translation. Okay, it says, so how do we fit what we know of Abraham, our first father in the faith, into this new way of looking at things? If Abraham, by what he did for God, got God to approve him, he could certainly have taken credit for it. But the story we're given is a God story, not an Abraham story. What we read in scripture is Abraham entered into what God was doing for him, and that was the turning point. I'm prophesying for each one of us that today is the turning point. Today is the day when each and every one of us go from the old wineskin into the new. It's when we all take an about face. It's when we all shift. Because that was exactly what the Lord said, wasn't it? It, The Lord said, we need to reposition ourselves, which is turning point time. Okay. He trusted God to set him right instead of trying to do and be right on his own. If you're a hard worker and do a good job, you deserve your pay. We don't call your wages a gift. But if you see that the job is too big for you, that it's something that only God can do and you trust him to do it, you could never do it for yourself no matter how hard and long you worked. Well, that's trusting him to do it. And that's what gets you right with God. By God, it's a sheer gift. Is this what it feels like? Like, can somebody shut him off? (laughs) All the negative seeds that I've sown. stirring the waters okay now think was that declaration made before or after declaration of abraham was the father of many nations 
was that declaration of being righteous made before or after he was marked by the covenant rite of circumcision. That's right, before he was marked. That means that he underwent circumcision, or that means lifestyle change, sacrifice, heart change. He underwent heart change as confirmation of what God had done long before to bring him onto this acceptable standing with himself, an act of God he had embraced with his whole life. And it means further that Abraham is father of all people who embrace what God does for them. It it is precisely these people in this condition who are called set right by God and with God. Abraham is also, of course, the father of those who have undergone the religious rite of circumcision, not just because of the ritual, but because they were willing to live, but because they were willing to live in the risky faith embrace of God's action for them. Pastor Ian says this all the time. Let's live in in the impossible, amazing. But do you know when God speaks possible to you, you can do that already. But that's the comfortable old wine. When Pastor Jess sings in worship and you just lift your hands and you wait for her to fill the dead space, that's comfortable. But do you know when the Lord says to you, go and run? Or when the Lord says to you, stand up on your chair, yeah! Stand up on your chair. Or when the Lord says to you, just sing O's. You don't have words, so just sing O's. Do you want to know why I just sing O's? Because I'm believing for words. Today I got words. I'm taking it as me being new. But it's you got to start somewhere because we're not satisfied with yesterday's manna. Hallelujah. Sorry, sometimes I get distracted. <laughs> that famous promise, God can't smile with braces. It'll look really ridiculous. Cover them. That famous promise God gave Abraham that he and his children would possess the earth was not given because of something Abraham did or would do. It was based on God's decision to put everything together for him which Abraham then entered when he believed. That those, um, if those who get what God gives them only get it by doing everything they are told to do and filling out all the right forms perfectly signed, that eliminates personal trust completely and turns that promise into an ironclad contract. That's not a holy promise, that's a business deal. A contract drawn up by a hard-nosed lawyer and with plenty of fine print only makes sure that you will never be able to collect. But if there is no contract in the first place, simply let's say a promise and God's promise at that, you can never break it. This is why the fulfillment of God's promise depends entirely on trusting God and his way and then simply embracing him and what he does. When God's doing a new thing, what is our response? Number one thing that Christians need to learn, Holy Spirit, show me what my part is right now. Holy Spirit, this is really awkward. Show me what to do. Because guess what? That's then going to become a comfortable place and then he's going to call you out. Lillian B. Yeoman says, God is most pleased 
with man who steps out on nothing but the word of God into the waking unknown. Why? Because I am just desperate for more of his presence. We all say that and I say, God, if you don't go, I don't want to go. Guess what? God's 50 feet ahead of us. Which is why when we're encountering the awkward lulls in worship and nothing happened, God's like, I I'm just waiting for you to see I'm on the way and not in the way. Okay, hallelujah, I'm almost done. One more paragraph. We call Abraham father, not because he got God's attention by living like a saint, but because God made something out of Abraham when he was a nobody. Abraham was first named father, then became a father because he dared to trust God to do what only God could do, raise the dead to life, with a word make something out of nothing. When everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway, deciding not to live on the basis of what he saw he couldn't do, but instead live on what he believed God would do. So that he was made father of a multitude of people, God said unto him, you're going to have a big family, Abraham. Abraham didn't focus on his own impotence and say it's hopeless. This hundred-year-old body could never father a child, nor did he survey Sarah's uh, decades of infertility and give up. He didn't tiptoe around God's promise, asking cautiously skeptical questions. He plunged into the promise under what premise? That God wants to give us our promises more than we want them. I feel like I sometimes want to shake people and say, God's not Zeus. Christians know that, but they live different. They're expecting you sin and God's gonna burn you. No, what is, go to 1 Corinthians 13. What does is, what is love do to a multitude of sins? And who is God? So get a grip. Stop treating him like he's gonna burn you and start running to him when you do sin so that he can change your heart and then you can live in the promise. Because he also won't give you the promise when your heart is in a crappy place. Pardon my French. Because the promise will burn you and you'll fall and never be able to be restored. And that's what a good God does. Don't know why I said all that. Mic drop. He plunged into the promise and came up strong, ready for God. Sure that God would make good on what, on what he had said. That's why it said, Abraham was declared fit before trusting, or before God, by trusting God to set him right. And it's not just Abraham, it's also us. The same thing gets said about us when we embrace and believe the one who brought Jesus to life when the conditions were equally hopeless. The sacrifice Jesus made us fit for God, set us right with God. So this is a trusting game. I'll give you the four Ps very fast. There's so much more. So if you want my notes, come ask me. How to receive new wineskins. Number one, the first P is praise. Praise your way into freedom from a place of victory. Psalms 71.6 says, You've made me into a miracle. No wonder I trust you and praise you forever. Number two is posture. Posture yourself in expectation. What is your picture? Romans 12.2 says, it means we better get on with it. Strip down, start running, and never quit. Keep your eyes on Jesus who began and finished the race that we are walking in. Number three is poise. Carry yourself with poise. I know who I am and I know what belongs to me. People with poise can handle pressure without showing it. 
double dog dare you to go through a situation and don't show it on your face. Why? Because you trust that God's bringing you through the valley of the shadow of death and not leading you into it. Okay? Um, blah, blah, blah. And then number four is promise. Keeping yourself in remembrance of his promise. So close your eyes right now. I'm just going to pray this over you. Are we going to? Sorry. Hi. Ephesians 1.15, what the Lord is doing with us as a congregation right now is he is removing the veils. With unveiled face, we will behold him in all of his glory. When the veil is removed, you can see your heart for what's really going on and you're not afraid of it. Ephesians 1.15, and I pray this over you this morning. May the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory, make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him intimately and personally. May he cause your eyes to be clear and focused so that you can see exactly what he's calling you to do. May you grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life that he has set up for his followers and begin to know the fullness of the extravagant work that he is doing in us, giving us endless energy and boundless strength. May you make real and plain what God who's created us in the first place has been doing in secret and behind the scenes all along.